0: Here we go! Welcome to Fiery Discourse, your podcast for media featuring dragnesses, female dinosaurs, and other similar saurians and scalies. I'm your host, Ludmillanon, and with me are my co hosts. Angron, Lucky Eevee, and Striker. Today is our 11th episode, and we're discussing Super Mario Brothers from 1993. So let's get things started. So this movie. Sorry?
1: (laughs) Both of them.
0: Yeah, that too, that too, yeah. So, yep, this was the first video game movie ever made, and it definitely is a unique one. Let's do it that way. It definitely got off the whole video game movie concept off to a. Very shaky start, shall we say? It was not critically or commercially well received, and mm-hmm. for the longest time, most video game adaptations were really, really not that good, sadly. Yeah. And what's interesting about this is that this movie is, you know, probably infamous. I, at this point, it's like every single movie, YouTube channel, podcast, whatever on the internet has discussed it, and now we're throwing our hats in the ring. But apparently, what's interesting, the original script for this movie was a lot more faithful to the game. Toad was a little mushroom man. Koopa was actually killed by Mario with an axe on a bridge, or rather than knife, but same thing. Uh, Kamek, here called Beetleman, was actually the secondary antagonist. And also a fun fact is that uh, Daisy, here called Hildy, actually turned into kind of a female Bowser, so that alone would have made it very eligible for the podcast. Mm-hmm. What happened with this movie is that the script kept getting rewritten and rewritten. I think at one point they had like 20 different drafts. And I think any movie, any movie that's written that much is going to come out somewhat of a mess. And you can kind of see that with this. It's a fun movie, but I don't know if I can call it, you know, a good one, you know? Yeah. And what's interesting about this, too, is uh, the cast. You know, Mario is played by Bob Hopkins, who... Basically, really, is just doing Eddie Valiant again. It's actually kind of funny, you know. You you watch Roger Rabbit and you watch this back to back. He's literally doing the exact same character. Mm. John Leguizamo is Luigi, and <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad casting. But the thing yeah, that has Paul always it, bugged me, yeah, the thing that has always bugged me about this movie, even when I was a kid and I first saw it, why doesn't Luigi have a mustache? How much eh. money would it have cost to get a phony mustache? put it under his nose, and we'd be perfect.
2: It, yeah. It like, like,
0: it's kind of weird, you know? that. Know. Exactly, yeah. And uh, apparently there was an interesting different cast. Originally Mario was going to be Dustin Hoffman, and Luigi was going to be, no joke, Tom Hanks. This is in the time before he was known oh. for doing stuff like Forrest Gump and, you know, things like that. I don't know if Philadelphia had come out by the time the first script did. So, by this time, uh, Tom Hanks is mostly known for, you know, comedies and such. Definitely would have been interesting. But, like I say, this movie definitely... I've always said this isn't a Mario movie, but it definitely is a unique movie. It's like a unique uh, cyberpunk, you know, Blade Runner kind of film. Mm. And it it definitely didn't have anything to do with Mario by the time they finished with all these different script rewrites. But... One thing you can certainly say about this movie, you know, you can say it's bad, it's terrible, which I'm sure a lot of people, including, you know, several of my co-hosts will say, but it's uh, not boring.
1: Yeah, definitely. I so, yeah. um
0: the
3: sorry, still, ahead. I still very much dislike this movie, to be honest.
0: The one oh, no, I, I don't it blame you. It. I, I can very much see why. It definitely is... Yeah, it definitely is out there, especially for something as iconic and, you know, as well-known as Super Mario. Then to be associated with this, I could definitely see it be very disorienting.
1: I personally don't hate it, Uh, mostly because I've never seen it. But uh, I'm also uh, a little... uh, But... The big thing is that I'm kind of a little biased on both fronts. The This one has uh, Bob Hopkins and uh, John Leguizamo. Uh, both of them, honestly. But, like, one version basically uh, betrays everything that the original Super Mario was and is. While we have this one here that's basically just... Uh, mario and luigi a little more mean-spirited and has the uh benefit of having freaking uh dinos anthro dinosaurs so it's a little yeah,
0: a little bit better than the version we got but yeah we're going to talk about both the uh you know 93 movie and a little bit about the original draft movie you know kind of a comparing con- compare and contrast kind of thing that'll be fun so yeah, yeah. uh this movie um the mario brothers movie uh, 1993 the one that was released it starts with a really weird pixelated intro that looks a lot like Philip CDI, if you want to be honest about it. It was and apparently added at the last second because test audiences didn't understand the plot. And the narrator is Dan Castanella, aka the voice of Homer Simpson.
1: I am evil, Homer. I am evil, <laughs> Homer.
0: He'd uh, be Dino Hatton Homer in that case. But yeah, uh, <laughs> it's interesting that, again, in this. In this movie, I think the reason they used Daisy is because Super Mario Land had just come out when they were working on the script. So they had to kind of uh, get that product placement in. And by the time Mm. it came out, it was a little too late. But yeah, it's interesting how, like the Mario movie that had just come out, this movie, of course, starts with Mario and Luigi in Brooklyn. You know, exactly like this movie, you know, they're plumbers, they're, you know, working on their various, you know, jobs and that. And Mario and Luigi, and this is one of the things that kind of is. It is a little weird about this movie, a little bit, you know, different. They're not really brothers. In fact, I'd say their relationship is more like an uncle and a nephew. There's such like an age difference between, you know, Bob Hopkins and John Leguizamo. It's a little bit, it's kind of weird, you know, it definitely, it doesn't really fit, you know, that the said that these two guys are brothers because, you know, one's like almost 20 years older than the other.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
1: Or the Mario Brothers and plummons again. we're not yeah, like the others. They that again. song <laughs> on this
0: movie, sadly. It would have definitely. They did not. Before. No,
1: but no, like no, it but was yeah. fitting. Also, yeah. I hear others, and it's like we're not like the others. You'll be hooked on the post. Yeah. Oh
0: god. Oh,
1: <laughs> but man. yeah, no.
0: Uh, of course, the uh, interesting thing about this movie is Dennis Hopper as Koopa, who gives an amazing performance. He is a hundred and fifty percent the best part of this movie. He was one of those uh, method actors who definitely got into his role and apparently around the set he would walk around with his arms like a T-Rex's and that is just just visualizing that is so hilarious. The director of Easy Rider just walking around like that. It's just hysterical.
1: Now I'm seeing freaking Jim Carrey doing uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex as well from freaking uh, oh Series of Unfortunate, unfortunate
0: Events. Exactly, exactly. I like
1: I like was, that yes. one. I don't care what anybody says. I, I enjoy Jim Carrey movie. in that one, and that's easily yeah. the best one because there's I have nothing against the uh, Netflix show, but that one is so tame by comparison. It, is. it, is. Definitely, it definitely. has its charm, yeah. Yeah. and it Not does a, a, a good job.
0: That. But I really, This was a little really kind of more in the movie version. Anyway, back yeah. to Mario Brothers. Yeah, uh, back to Mario. The funny thing, again, with the, Mar- with the... I said earlier about it being like Blade Runner, that's, there's a reason for that, because Dino Hatton was designed by the same person who designed Future LA in Blade Runner. And I'm going to say this right now. You could say you know all sorts of negative things about this movie. I think everybody can agree on one thing. Dino Hatton looks amazing. It doesn't look like the Mushroom Kingdom. It doesn't probably belong in anything related to a Mario property but on its own is like a cyberpunk, futuristic, dystopian world. It is surprisingly well done. It is very intricate and the little like Mm. world building with the world of reptiles, for example. You have like a woman pushing a carriage with like an egg in it. You have them serving like, you know, fried, I guess like chameleon things in a hot dog bun. I do like that world building. I do like Dino Mm. Hat. And the problem, again, it doesn't belong in a Mario movie. You know, it really is just so... Out of place, I feel. It's something that is just so completely, you know, like an antithesis to what Super Mario is. And especially, I imagine, for the time period, I was not alive when this movie came out. I actually first saw this, believe it or not, on television. But even as a kid, when I first saw this, I was like, I liked it. But I think I was kind of a little bit weird, a little bit, you know, confused by it. it was like, It was like, you know, what is this kind of movie? Mm. But yeah, that like I makes said, sense exactly it actually seems like it's a parody of like you know being dark and edgy you know it's like you know they had those uh, videos of on youtube a couple of things ago ai you know versions of futurama as a live action sitcom or like uh smash brothers as like a 1980s fantasy film this feels like somebody did like an AI of what if Mario was like a cyberpunk movie, except it's not a fake, you know, pictures. It's actually exists. And it, it, it definitely uh... seems like, like a parody of like dark and gritty stuff. Although, and getting to the uh, 1991 original script, the 1991 mm-hmm. script is interesting because it too is very dark and very edgy. You have, Basically, Mario is very surly and actually a lot like his characterization in this movie, which is surprising. That is one thing that did not change throughout any of the script drafts of this movie. Mario is very surly and angry. He yells at Luigi all the time. He belittles Toad. And it definitely is, I guess you could say it kind of fits, because this is before Charles Martinet's performance. That wouldn't come for at least uh, three four years after this so it was open to interpretation but i don't know i feel like with the mario 1991 script it definitely would have been a better movie but there's also parts in it that seem out of place in its own way they go to like a you know a gandalf like wizard then they go to like Mm. an old elderly witch type in that and it just seems really really you know again out of place It seems like what they did with that, they took a movie like Dark Crystal, but they put Mario and Luigi in it. And whereas Mm -hmm. this is like they took Blade Runner and put Mario and Luigi in it. And it ironically wouldn't take until right now for them to sit down and say, hey, maybe what people want to see in a Mario movie is actually Mario things. Mm Mm-hmm. But one part of the movie that's interesting and... Sorry, go ahead.
3: I was just being sarcastic, like, "Wow, it's almost like they
0: understood what a Mario movie was." Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's exactly what the point is. It took and them twenty a lot plus
1: years, but hey, that's the same thing with ever. a lot of
0: video game movies. It's like you want to see a Tomb Raider movie that actually has Tomb Raider stuff. You want to see a Sonic movie that actually has Sonic stuff. You know, you oh. want to see a Pokemon movie with you know Pokemon stuff. It took them a very long time to. <laughs> Okay. Not like on Sonic and
1: Pokémon's part, they yep. did have those in the past. They did exactly. have Pokémon movies had the that OVA had Pokémon
0: anime movies. Yeah.
1: And they also had a Sonic movie that had like Sonic stuff in it. Metal
0: Sonic Yeah, the, OVA, it was the, the debut of Metal Sonic.
3: OVA.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, the anime Yeah, yeah. Strange, isn't it? That one. Yeah, yeah. That that's a pretty fun movie.
2: It is
0: god that i i love that, that movie is like it's it's good but it also it's not it's like so bad it's good at parts but it oh, definitely is that. that's a fun time too but yeah the interesting thing there is one thing from this movie that did become canon you know mario's oh, okay. last name really is mario and that was <laughs> never said until this movie you know the part of the, you know, the police station you know, name mario you know last name mario and they just say, "Yo, Luigi, uh, yo, last name Luigi, Luigi." No, Luigi Mario, and that that actually became their canon names. I'm That's actually cool shocked it. Nintendo decided, may, maybe you know, unconsciously decided to do that because we'll talk about that later. Nintendo's relationship with the West and you know adapting their properties, but it's funny that they did take from that. Um, uh, one thing uh, they did uh, not take. Sorry, sorry, go ahead.
3: All right. actually, um, one thing I have to
0: mention. Uh, yeah, go
3: ahead. Uh, Miyamoto actually confirmed they don't have a last name.
0: Oh, so they're wow, I did not know that. that wow, okay. My so uh, Nintendo, Nintendo. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. But yeah, one thing that also did not become canon is Toad's appearance in this, which is that that is so weird. Toad is like some weird street hippie musician. That is such a departure from the character. Although, in the original 1991 script, he is described as a mushroom man. The pictures of what Toad would have looked like has been leaked onto the internet. And they are hideous. It's like, oh god, kids would have been scared of that. Yeah, go with this version. Compared to the weird mushroom homunculus he was in some of these pictures.
3: No.
1: Uh oh, yeah, don't fucking remind me. T- yeah, Jesus. yeah, they,
0: they, for the longest time, I always said, oh, why didn't they make the 1991 version? The 91 version would have been perfect. Then that image leaked, and I was like, yeah, maybe, never mind. Maybe, maybe it was best that we didn't get that version if Toad was going to look like that. Or and Goomba, like, like, holy fuck. Goomba, too, although oh, the Goombas in oh this cool. are definitely, definitely absolutely bizarre. The morph effects on, like, the deevolution chamber are also really kind of, you know, freaky. With Like, you know, it has the whole 90s morph effects. Because don't forget, T2 had just come out, and everybody wanted to do CGI, this movie included. And it's not bad looking, but it definitely looks weird. And speaking of things that look absolutely, you know, bizarre and nightmarish, let's talk about Goomba. Now, of course, Goomba hey, in the game yeah. is a little mush- little brown mushroom guy with squat feet and... Yeah, they have their they have their charm. They're cute. These things are, like, giant. They have really tiny heads. They got beady eyes. They got, like, mouths full of fangs. Apparently, they were going to be called Koopa Troopas. But for some reason, they accidentally switched the name in the script. So now they're Goombas. And I think the only good thing about this is that Dennis Hopper seems to really love saying the word Goomba.
3: He mm-hmm. actually, like,
0: repeats it, like, 500 times. You could tell that he was probably getting a kick out of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Most likely was <laughs> exactly and like the way they move in that is definitely weird and you know definitely definitely you know a unique departure and another departure mm. is that you know big bertha who in mario 3 oh, was yeah. a giant fish that chased mario throughout uh several of the levels here she's the owner a big, uh, of a nightclub uh, you know yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and uh Man. let's get to the uh meat of the thing if you're so, the reason why this movie is on a podcast about talking about dragonesses, female dinosaurs, and other similar saurians and scalies, technically all of the females in Dino Hatton count as female dinosaurs. Now, it's a flimsy excuse, I understand. It's not going to be the flimsiest excuse for something to be on this podcast, but we figured it'd be a fun good. time to talk about it. So that's why we're talking about this now. So, yeah, like I said, uh, originally this script had Wendy Koopa show up. She was like a blonde news reporter in Dino Hatton, and she made several appearances. And why she was cut out of this version, uh, probably I do not know. Although the reason for that was most likely because the the behind-the-scenes of this movie was famously a mess, an absolute movie-making disaster. Mmm. The two directors behind this movie uh, were also uh, created the character of Max Headroom, was kind of like he was a very popular figure in the eighties. He was like a man who was like a computer program. He'd stutter and jitter and he was a voiced by Matt Frewer, who we will definitely be hearing about in the podcast in a later episode. But mm-hmm. yeah, they did this World's movie. First and, movie. And, sorry, sorry, go ahead.
2: Well it's voice
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and he voices uh Pain and Hercules. But yeah. This movie apparently actually sunk their careers for the longest time. They oh said they would try to get work. Then what? They, then they'd find out. Oh, you directed Super Mario Brothers, and then no they just be passed over. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't blame them, but still, ouch. Yeah,
0: ouch, ouch. Yeah, Oppers <laughs> and uh, Leguizamo would actually, you know, get drunk during production because it was it would take so long to set up the scenes and film them. They were getting apparently new script pages every single day to the point where they didn't bother memorizing them because they knew that something would be changed. Of course, And my favorite part is Dennis Hopper apparently screamed at the producers over their incompetence for an hour. And because he was a method actor, I really hope. I really hope he did it while acting like a (laughs) (laughs) T-Rex. With the little arms like that. Anybody who knew about Dennis Hopper... He could have a really big temper on him, and he definitely was, you know, not the easiest actor to work with, as, you know, Rip Torn could attest to on the set of Easy Rider, but that's another story for another day. So yeah, the uh, king of, I guess you could call it the Mushroom Kingdom, is like a literal fungus, and it could possibly be a reference to Mario 3 with the king being transformed into, like, you know, a Goomba, a piranha plant, and stuff like that. I'm going to say this right now. The effects on the King are absolutely disgusting. It's like they definitely took it a little bit too far with that. I think that it definitely looks really out of place. You know, it definitely was a little bit too much.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah, I think some of the effects kind of went over the top in that as well. And I haven't really seen much of it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And again, like I said, it says like, no, no,
3: I'm just offering an opinion. It was a little too much, honestly.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And again, um, with the whole female dinosaurs thing, apparently there was a deleted scene of Iggy and Spike, who, of course, become smart and betray Koopa, which I think that was a nice plot twist. Like, you know, he makes them, you know, intelligent with his, you know, de-evolution chamber. He actually increases their intelligence. And I like how they instantly pretty much think, Oh, wait, this guy sucks. Why are we working for him? Let's get out of here. So okay, I did that like was... that. There was a scene at a nightclub where there was like a, shall we say, um, I guess you can call it like a dancer with like a tail and claws. She was more you know, dinosaur-like than the rest of the uh, females of Dino Hatton in this movie. So mm. that definitely would have been more to talk about. But that was from the work print version, which... I think you could find on like uh, archive.org and places like that, but of course it hasn't been publicly released, and they cut out so much from this movie. A lot of stuff which explained things, too, because apparently the original cut of this movie ran for like almost two and a half hours.
2: <laughs>
0: yes, yes, they, they, it, they trimmed it down so much. That's why a lot of... Uh, things and a lot of plot holes in the movie happen because they actually cut out the stuff that would explain it and I think it could have been better if all of the dinosaur people had that design with like the, the tails and the claw because I feel like the fact that they are dinosaur people they don't really do much with it it seems like really a missed opportunity you know you think yeah. he, you know, they could have scales on them or like lizard eyes and stuff I mean Koopa does have you know a lizard tongue which is definitely unique Brings uh, hmm. blue velvet flashbacks. <sighs> but yeah, uh, definitely. I feel like you could have done a lot more with the premise, but I think with this movie, they were so pressed for time. They just wanted to get this thing done. They were just so, I think tired at this point. They just wanted to get production of yeah, this movie done sense. and over with. And you yeah. can definitely see why. And again, there are some cute aspects that I like, like, I've always said probably the best part of this movie is the Bob-omb wind-up toy. That is so cute. I oh, actually yeah. always wanted one as a kid. It is so adorable, mm. you know, how it looks. They no, should sold one. those as toys. You know, they are just so cute and so adorable. And that, that is probably the thing that looks the most like how it did in the final you know, Mario game. They got Bob-omb right. Everything else they got wrong. They got one thing, which isn't too bad. I will say, even though he doesn't look, you know, like how he does in the games, I will say the Yoshi animatronic is very well done. He definitely looks more like an actual velociraptor compared to, you know, his cartoony design in the game. But I feel like that design does work for him, for a more realistic Mm -hmm. thing. I mean, he does the tongue thing to stop Lena Lena could have been an interesting character, but they kind of didn't do much with her. But anyway, uh, back with Yoshi. He definitely does look pretty good, especially by the time period. And a lot of people don't know this. This movie came out before Jurassic Park. You know, Mm -hmm. Jurassic Park came out like a couple of months after this movie did. So they didn't really have that to go on a template. And I will say that Yoshi is technically pretty good, although the design is... Again, it's definitely weird because you associate Yoshi, you know, with a cartoon, you know, dinosaur. And this is like a more realistic version. Again, going back to the whole dark and gritty aspect. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Yoshi was one of the better... It was one of the highlights of the movie. I will agree with that. I remember seeing this and I thought it was like one of the better parts of the entire movie
0: exactly exactly but yeah i feel like the character of lena could have been a lot more interesting and a lot more uh you know well done i feel like as it stands she's kind of it's kind of half baked like why does she want to use the meteorite to merge its dimensions for herself it's like isn't you know koopa trying to do the exact same thing why is she trying to like betray him all of a sudden it's something again that is just so out of left place and I don't know if it's really talked about in the work print, but it definitely seems like again, this script was literally being written as they were filming it. So again, I can see why they wouldn't have any idea of what to do with it. Doing anymore? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And apparently, there is a bar in I believe North Carolina that actually has the uh, the skeletalized uh, Lena at the bar it's like standing there like right behind it and people take pictures with it and that because they managed to keep the giant prop that that's always fun when that happens you know
1: yeah it's very interesting
0: yeah but yeah like i say uh apparently in one of these scripts and this is true this actually was going to happen bruce willis was going to cameo as john mclean from die hard being captured by koopa
3: Oh, my, now, oh my gosh. That
0: is that why that Literally. Die Hard and Mario take place in the same continuity? Because I want to see now John McClane in the next Mario Kart. I do, too. Welcome oh to the Mario Party, oh. pal! Oh, my
1: God! Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my
1: gosh. Okay, I kind of want to see that now.
0: Definitely, definitely, but... Yeah, apparently again, this movie was very very padded out. You could definitely tell that with like the uh scenes of like the goomba dance in the elevator was basically a way yeah, and, for them to try and, and get just, it up to had, like, the
1: goomba shuffle like oh my exactly, god.
0: exactly. And that definitely is one of the one of the sillier moments of the film, let's be honest, yeah. it definitely is something that looks very much kind of out of place, especially within like you have you know the realistic, you know, It's funny how this movie is considered a kids' movie because I feel a lot of kids would be terrified by this thing in a way.
1: Goopas, Goombas,
0: whatever you guys are. Exactly, exactly. But it's like, you know, it's funny how this gets called a kids' film where a lot of it seems like it was trying to be, you know, like an adult version of Mario, not knowing the fact that that wouldn't really have worked in 1993. Not
3: only that, but all the um like adult jokes in the movie as well. That too, that too.
0: I mean, and my favorite aspect of that is during the uh you know scene with Big Birth and the nightclub, a lot of the extras they hired were believe it or not, strippers. There was gonna be apparently a lot more scenes of the nightclub with more, shall we say, adult content before like the distribution company realized, yo oh, wait, this is supposed to be a kid's film. We got to cut it out. Cut, cut, cut. And apparently, maybe. But
1: everything else is like,
0: what? Yeah, exactly. It definitely is a very bizarre, but fun experience in itself. And the funny thing, too, is another one, another thing that kind of is sort of like canon is the part where Mario and the kidnapped girls are, you know, trying to slide away from the Koopas on the mattress it really reminds me of the race with the penguin from mario 64. Eh. You know, I'm, I'm sure there has been things on youtube where you just splice in the mario 64 slide music with it and it actually would kind of fit
3: that, like, when you mentioned that all i could hear was the mark the slide music
0: <laughs> exactly exactly yeah
3: Oh, I, I couldn't. You
0: know, way before Mario 64 was even in development, so.
1: Yeah, and I know, also now am uh, uh, reminded of uh, that one. Uh, i reminded of all the times people dropped the penguins, and also the penguins from the Super Mario movie.
0: Exactly, and they brought them back for this, again, but ways to do fan pandering much, much better. Yes. But yeah, when, of course, they jumped the dimensions, Koopa and Mario to New York, and of course,. Uh, Dennis Hopper's infamous monkey became a meme because why wouldn't as the line deliveries I of the movie? Rex, the greatest exactly. meat eater ever created. Exactly. Exactly. All of his lines really are. I always love, you know, the internet meme joke that he turns Scapelli into Donkey Kong. Even though it's a chimp and not a gorilla, I still love the idea of that being the joke that, you know. That Donkey Kong was this mafioso guy who, you know, was basically trying to squeeze Mario Luigi out of business. Then he gets hit with this de-evolution guy, and he's like, well, time to climb a construction crane and start throwing barrels.
1: (laughs) And hump a lady.
0: And kidnap, yep, Pauline. I got to kidnap her, too. Which, by the way, originally Mario's girlfriend in this movie was going to be Pauline from Donkey Kong. Why they changed it, again, I don't know. It definitely is, is unique. But yeah, like I said, apparently there was going to be a lot more dimensional hopping near the end with various, uh, very surrealistic landscapes that, again, don't seem like they come from any sort of Mario property ever. It definitely was the directors probably trying to flex their v- their visual effects, which and I am going to be honest, the visual effects for the most part in this movie, they're not the worst. They definitely are ones that some haven't aged well, but for the most part, like the when Daisy, you know, appears in the portal with her head, you know, basically converted into sand. Especially for 1993, and you've got to figure, this was a couple of years after T2 with liquid metal uh, T-1000. It still looks pretty impressive today, and that's one thing I will not fault the movie it definitely does have decent visual effects. Mm Mm-hmm. Even though the Devo guns are basically just super scopes painted over, which, again, is funny. But it's one thing, again, that is unique with the Mario references. They're really just in the background. It's like, you know, they have a nightclub called, you know, like Fire Flowers. I guess you could say, like, the Workers in the Desert could be like Shy Guys or Sniffits, although they look more like, you know, leather men than oh, you know, the Shy Guys. Exactly. They definitely have a unique look to them, shall we say. And But yeah, it definitely is funny how it's like they didn't want to make a Mario movie. It's like they were almost ashamed for this movie to be called uh, Super Mario Brothers. I think if this movie was called... Uh, The Plumber Brothers in the Alternate Dimension Adventure, or a much better title than that. But if it didn't have the Mario name, I don't know if it would have been so negatively received. It's not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. But I feel like a lot of people went in expecting, like the Super Mario Brothers movie that we have that just came out right now. And unfortunately, it didn't really (laughs) click with it. And the funny thing, too, is that... uh, with the visual effects is that Koopa's T T Rex form at the end, it actually really does kind of look unfinished like they didn't have enough rendering time. Although, I will say this, it looks way better than Reptile did in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. That has to be like the worst visual effect in a theatrically released movie ever. Mm. If you haven't I'll seen bet. Mortal Kombat Annihilation, it is it is probably one of the worst video game movies ever made. It is not good at all. Uh, this is at least so bad it's good to laugh at. That is just like so bad it's painful. And of course they have the sequel hook at the end with Daisy coming in dressed like Ridley. Uh, or in this case, I guess I going to say she's dressed as Samus. God, can you imagine a Metroid oh, movie no, being made at this no. time? Lordy. Oh, God. Oh, don't tempt of- fate.
1: Don't you dare no, tempt no, fate. No, definitely
0: not. Even now, I think a Metroid movie would be a hard to sell, to be honest. Although, the sequel hook did get resolved 20 years later with a fan comic that was apparently written by the original movie scriptwriter, and I, all I have to say about that is either Mario and Luigi, I hope they fight either Wart, or they meet up with Wario, who, judging from this, Wario probably would have been a uh, seven-foot-tall Richard Keel type. If, if we're going by how off everything else was, why would they get Warrior, right? Honestly, yeah. Exactly, but yeah. Uh, the post credit scene with Iggy and Spike meeting up with the Japanese businessmen, basically, you know, the Japanese businessmen go, oh, we want to make a video game based on your life, and Iggy's like, go, the Super Koopa cousins. That was apparently always in the script, but with Mario and Luigi instead. And I don't know why they changed it. So, Uh uh, yeah, the fallout of this movie definitely had a lot, a lot of fallout. Now, Miyamoto claims to have liked it. In fact, he actually says he likes this better than the 1986 Mario OVA, Super Mario Brothers, uh, the Quest to Rescue Princess Peach, which is very bizarre because... That OVA, basically, that took liberties with Mario, too. I mean, Mario and Luigi run a grocery store. Luigi wears blue and yellow. But it was, demonstratedly, a Mario product. It was obviously more Mario movie than this ever would. It definitely was was more Mario than whatever this was. And although he enjoyed it, this would have the fallout of Nintendo being extremely, extremely strict with their adaptations. The only uh, first-party Nintendo, and by first party, I'm not talking about, like, Kirby or Pokemon, because that was Hal Laboratories and Game Freak, respectively. The only first-party Nintendo adaptations were the F-Zero anime, the Animal Crossing anime and manga, and the Pikmin shorts. And that is it. Until, like, right now, with the 2023 Mario movie... Before that, they were incredibly, incredibly restrictive. When Bowser was in Wreck-It Ralph in 2012, which apparently took a lot of fierce negotiating with Nintendo, they had to actually reanimate the bad guy, you know, anonymous scene, because Bowser wasn't holding his cup of coffee the right way. Nintendo had that much pull to where they actually looked at this scene and they said, do it over, it again because of, because of yeah. this movie and it's ironic that disney would make your wrecked ralph and have bowser because a lot of people probably don't know this the super mario brothers 1993 is technically a disney movie oh disney lord eh? it and distributed it through oh, their no, night through good. their uh, hollywood pictures subsidiary which also made movies like spy hard with leslie nielsen and other classic movies, and they did manage to make one good movie throughout their whole existence. It was Wait one of the last movies they made. It was called The Sixth Sense.
2: Sixth they sense? actually made oh, that man. picture.
0: Yeah, Hollywood Pictures. The same studio that made, Super Mario Brothers, went on to make The Sixth Sense, which is okay. But yeah, since Disney owns this version, and of course Universal Studios is coming out with uh, Super Nintendo Land, I feel like what Disney should do is build a 1993 Super Mario Brothers land. You can meet with the, you know, just take Galaxy's Edge, throw out all the Star Wars stuff, and replace it with 1993 Super Mario Brothers stuff. Instead oh, of Star Troopers, you have the Goombas. Instead of Kylo Ren, you have <laughs> Koopa. Instead of Ray, you have weird mustacheless Luigi. I mean, I think people will really go for that, especially because. Universal Studios is going to eat your lunch with Mario. Why not take advantage of it? Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, like I said, the new Mario movie from um, this year definitely was a lot more faithful to the games and probably should have been the 1993 movie all along, let's be honest. I feel like if that movie was placed in... This timeline, they'd have to change some things. Like, of course, they'd have to get rid of the Mario 64 penguins and some of the other Kongs and that. But I feel like if that movie came out, you know, during this time, I feel like it would have been much better received. And who knows? Maybe video game adaptations wouldn't have the stained image it does in the uh, film landscape. So we yeah. really talked a lot about female dinosaurs this week. <laughs> It's definitely uh, yeah. a little bit of a unique episode, but next week we'll be back to more of it. So that brings us to the question of the week: What is your favorite video game movie?
1: Okay, this is going to be a bit of a tough one,
3: gonna but right I, now. Gonna I right now Sonic the Hedgehog. Go ahead, go ahead. Sonic the Hedgehog. Go, ahead, you go. specifically Sonic what? the Hedgehog Two.
0: Oh nice nice yeah mm. I would probably have to say Sonic the Hedgehog 1 to be honest I feel like I feel like even though it was really cool to see Knuckles on the big screen and that I feel like Sonic the Hedgehog 1 was a little bit more concise with the story and with the uh, again I liked how Jim Carrey did Robotnik in the sequel but I feel like the first one actually seeing him spiral to become basically the Dr. Robotnik we know was a bit more interesting now, it does have a little bit of the, um, you know, animated movie cliche, basically. But for the most part, I feel that they did a very good job with the song The Hedgehog 1. And I really hope, you know, that they keep on making sequels and that they mm. have a lot of fun with it in the future. So, uh, Angron, what were you going to say? Okay, I don't
1: want to have the new toy effect uh, freaking impact my decision on this. Especially since the Mario movie was fun, I don't really want to spoil anything, so I am going to omit that. But I will say that I really enjoyed the Pokemon movies. Like yeah, there are a, a lot thing. of them that I really like freaking enjoyed.
0: I would go to <laughs> say the first six are great. The first six yeah. are like, you know, perfect movies. Yeah. I'm go ahead say-
1: but anyways, my movie will have to be uh Pokemon I Choose You. Cause
0: Ooh, interesting.
1: Cause it is such a uh impressive love letter. This came out at the time Gen 7 was released, so that really helps things because I am a huge, huge fucking sucker for uh Pokemon Gen 7, uh linear as it somewhat is.
3: Seven was actually kind of impressive. More than what?
1: Yeah, it was very impressive. It Especially
0: was. With, uh, it was a definitely a quality jump, I feel, from Gen Six.
1: Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was definitely that. Uh, it uh, really improved things. It really uh, broke the mold when it came to traditional Pokemon. And I will say this: uh, the movies and media that came around it were also uh, very unique because. This was the first time uh, Pokemon had pretty much stepped out of its comfort zone, pretty much. Like, even more so than Gen 5 and the other Gens. Like, it is beyond um, impressive what they did with Gen 7. And I Choose You, I feel, embodies that. Because, like, there's a lot of new additions that definitely, definitely made the movie so impressive. I will say that there's a little bit of a problem with uh, one plot point where uh, Ash basically dies and is basically brought back by Ho again. But I will. But I, I really love this movie. It's a huge love letter to the to the media. It uh it has some amazing character development as well as well in the side characters Ash. Definitely uh, looks like he has himself together in this one compared to the other ones. Really showing Erica her place. Suck it. And also uh, she uh, and also he uh, gets to battle freaking ho Like, this is arguably the first time Ash actually gets to get face-to-face with ho I mean, I like Lukia, but like, ho was the first Gen 2 Pokémon ever, uh, ever shown in the anime so that is very impressive
0: exactly it is
3: actually it was indeed
0: yeah, yeah. exactly so yeah. uh lucky eevee what would you have to say is your favorite video game movie
1: that's that big Pikachu.
0: oh yeah she yeah.
1: is also impressive as well
0: how they did like the pokemon and that with live action and again they didn't make them look too creepy they still look Demonstratingly like the Pokemon while still being basically, you know, visually what they are. And I really hope we get a Detective Pikachu sequel someday. I really am still holding out hope that we Dame. will. I want to see that. Especially if that happened.
1: That
3: was an impressive movie.
0: Definitely, definitely, 100%. That they definitely, you know, it definitely paved the way, I think, for. The current crop of video game movies that actually seem to respect the medium compared to stuff like Street Fighter or Double Dragon or this basically or you know Super Mario Brothers 1993. hmm Yep. So now it is time for the patent pending Dragoness Scale. Even though we did not talk about Dragonesses that much in this episode, that will change yeah, yeah. next week. Count. But it's time to uh, rank basically the uh Basically, uh, Daisy and the Dino Hatton females. And I am going to give them the lowest score. Mm-hmm. I am going to give them a three out of 10 because there were some cute world building aspects and I did feel like it had a lot of potential. But therein lies the problem. They didn't do anything with it, they didn't even mm-hmm. give them like scales, they didn't make them really seem all that different than if they were just, you know, regular human beings again there were some cute world building details especially in the beginning part of the movie that i did enjoy but for the most part i'm really gonna have to give them the lowest score that i probably will give any Dragonist from this entire podcast to be honest this is probably gonna be the lowest score i will ever give uh three out of ten for me
1: mm. i am going to give them a little lower a two out of ten like I'm because fr- mainly I haven't looked at it thoroughly, and and I'm mainly going off of what I read so far about Hildy. But Hildy herself is fine. She's cute. She's fun. And okay, you know what? I'm actually gonna go up to a five out of ten. Like yeah. the movie itself is what holds her back a great deal. But I will say that Hildy as a character is uh, pretty fine. I haven't yeah. seen like what she looks like. Yeah. But
0: Hildy is actually from the uh, 1991 script version. That's the yeah. one that basically uh, turns into a female Koopa. Now, if we're going to rate her, which... Actually, I think we should. It would be fun if we could actually rate her. So yeah. for Daisy and the Dino Hat and females, is 3 out of 10. Hildy, I will also give a 5 out of 10 because, again, she had a lot of potential. I did like how they made her kind of a... Uh, kind of liked more Pauline than Daisy, although you could say, you know, Daisy in this doesn't really have a character, sadly. But I feel like Hildy again, and with the 1991 movie in general, it it might have turned out just as bad as this. You know, we we never will know. But just knowing what could have been, I would also have to give her a 5 out of 10. Mm. Uh, Stryker, what would you have to say? Um... Easy for uh, first it with like a Daisy and the Dino Hat and females. Let's say. Okay.
3: Uh, Daisy and the Dino Hat and females. Um, oh. Daisy was the only good part of the movie, even though it, she was. Eh.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm
3: still gonna give it about a. Two. I'm.
1: Okay. I'm gonna give her a two. I'm gonna give Daisy a two out of ten. I'm gonna give Hildy a five out of ten for sure. Yeah. But yeah.
3: yeah. Oh yeah. Hildy is a, um, a major improvement. So yeah, giving her, yeah, I'll give her
0: five. All right. Fives across the board. Uh, lucky Evie. What would you have to say? No opinion. None. Okay. Mm. So a math machine isn't here. So, uh, we'll leave that blank and yeah. So that's it for this week's episode of fiery discourse. If you have any questions or if you want to trust the fungus, you can email us at FieryDiscourse at Outlook.com or visit us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash FieryDiscourse.
1: Mm-hmm. Next time,
0: we'll definitely be talking more about dragonesses with the 2006 movie, e- Aragon. Yeah,
2: Eragon. will be a lot Aragon. of fun with
0: Saphira, who is definitely like Sisu. She's a good dragoness in a maybe not so good movie, but we definitely will talk about that next week. And until then, thanks so much for listening and take care. Peace, y'all.
1: Thank you so much for to be playing a game.
0: (laughs) Adios. Uh.